Oh, Karen, welcome, welcome. Where, where were you? You smell nice. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, I always like to smell nice for you, my darling. <laughs> you gotta give me a moment, I'm blushing now. Oh, buy me a drink first, okay? Oh, you. Oh, you. Get me a vodka and oh, mate, this is going on the, this is going on the intro. This is going... Callum and Tony make up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome at episode 18. This is the Talking Games podcast. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about games. Uh, you will notice we have now changed. Uh, we are no longer ICU Gamer. We are now Games Inquirer. Uh, website is being made wow. now. There's a bit of work nice. I need to do to it. Um, but we have now gone independent. Uh, the one thing we do need, though, is a logo. Uh, if you are able to make us a logo, we will put you in Super Aiku. Uh, in one form or another, we will scan your head into the game. Uh, you'll be able to send those designs to our Facebook social media, on all our social media, Twitter and Instagram. That's at Games Inquirer on all three. Find us on all of them, send us your images, and the winner will be included in Super Aiku. Uh, other than that, welcome back, gentlemen. It's been a, a long, long, long week. And Callum, you're off next this week, isn't you? Where are you going to? I'm going to Poland. He can't catch me alive. To be with his lady love. <laughs> well done, Callum. He's jealous. <laughs> well done. You sound a bit jealous, there, Tony. No, I'm happy. <laughs> I, 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 I always knew you had a thing for... Mm, mm, I won't say it. I won't oh. say it. This is a podcast. I can't. Okay, well, I have it's a thing for you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't forget to follow us on all the socials. But first, big story this week, and it's the biggest story this week. FIFA 21 source code has been stolen, uh, with, along with the Frostbite engine. And it's apparently now being sold for $28 online. Uh, EA has now suffered a security breach. The I didn't hear that, Callum. Sorry. The Frostbite engine being sold for £28. $28 online for the uh, FIFA 21 source code. That's cheap, that. Oh, really? Yeah, that is really cheap, considering they said they were selling the uh, other one for like seven million. Yeah, okay. I think I'll take that source code and have to make a better non-repetitive game. <laughs> yeah, I think anyone <laughs> could. Uh, it, it's been a couple of days now, though, since EA officially launched the uh, Battlefield 2042 uh, news, and the publisher's mm-hmm. already made a big announcement. And it's not anything good. They've had a major security breach with a load of data stolen. Uh, according to Vice, the hackers have been claiming on private underground forums they've acquired 780 gigs of data. EA confirmed this was true in a statement, but has tried to ensure customers that no private data was stolen. So if they're telling the truth, then you haven't lost any of your bank account details or any of your personal stuff. Uh, they have stated we are investigating a recent incident of intrusion into our network. Where a limited amount of game source code and related tools were stolen. No player date was accessed, but we have reason to believe there is not any risk to player privacy. Uh, they've obviously now working with law enforcement officials and are beginning an ongoing criminal investigation. Uh, so what was taken uh, includes the source code, obviously, FIFA 21, as well as the game's code for matchmaking servers. The hackers have also obtained the source code and tools for the Frostbite engine. 
which EA uses for multiple games, including obviously FIFA and Battlefield. Uh, they've sent no ransom uh, and offering to give it back for a price. Uh, at the time of the writing, none of the stolen data has been shared publicly and said the hackers intent on selling the data. That was obviously from a couple of days ago. Uh, this is how the latest hacking incident, this is obviously continuing those CD Projekt Red, Capcom. Uh, there was another one, wasn't there? What was the other company that had their data stolen? Oh, recently? I yeah. Question, I know, um, was it EA or was it Ubisoft? Um, oh, no, it was Project CD Project Red. Yeah, CD Project Red, Capcom, and now EA have all had their stuff stolen, uh, which is huge for some reason. I don't know why these hackers are attacking developers now and just stealing all this game code. Like, what it they seems hoping to be to trending. Yeah, it's a trend in occurrence. It's, con- it's constant for the last couple of weeks. I think uh, I know why they do it. Well, this this sort of thing is obviously criminal in the U.S. I mean, EA is a U.S. Uh, US based company. Uh, this has obviously become federal. If they get caught, they're looking at maximum or minimum of about ten years. Do we know who this hacker group is? I'm I'm if it's same if it's the same group as the one that uh, stole Cyberpunk data, like Hello Kitty. If it's the same group, then they've got some serious balls to keep doing this. Well, they're going to get found out, won't they? But then again, I will re- link this to the Shadow Brokers, if you've heard of them. I have, yeah. Yeah, so the Shadow Brokers, uh, they're the ones that leaked a lot of uh, NSA materials, like cyber mm. weapons and everything that caused WannaCry. Um, this kind of sounds very similar, because no one knows who the Shadow Brokers are, and they're still releasing stuff to this day, and it's been years and years and years. So this just seems like... Hello Kitty is the video game version of this, if it is them. No one knows if who they are. They haven't claimed uh, that they're doing it. They haven't stated they're doing it. But as far as we know, they, it could well be them. They are the most prominent hacker group out there. But, but usually the these, these hacker groups, I'm guessing they aren't based in one country. They're probably scattered all over the world, right? Yeah. So you can't really... I know that one guy was caught. He was in, uh, in somewhere in Eastern Europe. Um, as part of a hacker group, but there was other members that were put in Japan and America. They're, they're all over. There's usually they're not all on the same thing. They're running on VPN, so you wouldn't be able to find them even if you wanted to that way. But if they are ever caught, they're going to be in a serious amount of trouble. I don't know. I'm having my doubts when I think about Callum going to Poland. I mean, Eastern Europe, God knows what he's up with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I'm definitely... Um, going to be hacking everybody from Poland. I don't know, man. I, don't know. <laughs> I, hear, I, I hear their cold meats are really good, so... just. <laughs> I, hear, I hear their prisons are quite friendly. <laughs> <laughs> not in Poland, they're not, mate. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, moving on to the next story. Uh, Warner Brothers Interactive have confirmed Back for Blood could be coming to day one on Xbox Game Pass for console and PC. Uh, that's according to a video description for the Left 4 Dead spiritual successor that went reportedly live early, according to images captured by a user on Reddit. Uh, I'm looking forward to Back for Blood. Have you guys seen any of the trailers or anything? What is, what is your opinion of the game? It's, as far as like, the you have? it's like ice cream melting in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you two have been really weird today. <laughs> And now I'm just saying it's good. Ice cream melted in the mouth. That's just tasty. Yeah, don't say that because Tony was imagining you in the shower earlier. So yeah, oh, totally. Look at ice cream in the mouth. Me, me, just a fine, me just a fine specimen. He instigates things and then sits back and watches the fun. 
He's the one who told me you were taking us to take a shower. No, I think Major walked in on me secretly and then <laughs> sent you some pictures. I will not accept revenge, Paul, I'm, okay? I'm, I'll, I'll pass, mate. <laughs> I don't like the young ones, to be honest. <laughs> I'm approaching... Anyway. I, I hope you don't like the young ones. Well, my wife's 28 this year, and I'm 34. So you could say she's a bit young. She's about your age, and she can't be 28. No, I'm not 20. I'm 22. Oh, you're still a baby. Kid. Yes, yeah. I am still a baby. <laughs> this is a weird conversation. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> <It's nice. laughs> I've got to move on. Uh, went live on Friday along with the description, which read Back for Blood becomes Xbox Game Pass at launch. <laughs> Uh, via the Series X and Xbox One, as well as Windows 10 PC. Uh, the video has now obviously been made private. They're not going to keep that news up. Uh, Warner Brothers Interactive planned back for blood presentation is due to take place two hours after the Xbox and Bethesda showcase, 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. British Summertime on Sunday. Head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, said last, sun- last summer that the platform holder was focused on bringing more third-party games to Game Pass. And earlier this year, the company signed Square Enix Shooter outright as a day one launch on the platform. Back for Blood, I personally think, could be one of those games that uh, is slightly underrated. I know there's a lot of hype for it at the moment, but I think personally, if with the amount of games that are due to come out this year and next, it could fly under the radar as a game if it's good. Uh, as a game that's severely underrated because there is a lot about this game that I think is going to be uh, it's going to stand out especially at E3 when this uh, when this launches in the next couple of days tomorrow now uh, E3 has now started so if you're not watching it you can find it on Twitch and YouTube the E3 stream is currently ongoing um, we will be jumping back into that in a little bit because I haven't watched any of E3 uh, we did have some Game Fest we'll get into that yesterday uh, there was a couple of big news from that uh, from that announcements yesterday. Uh, currently, all first part all first party should say Xbox titles are released on the Game Pass alongside the general releases. Third party games usually arrive later, aside from a few exceptions. Uh, the open beta begins August twelfth. Pre order for early access and starts laying August fifth. Uh, is the current announcement from Warner Brothers. October 12th, Back for Blood brings face to face on Xbox One, Series X, PS5, PS4, Steam, and Epic Game Store. Uh, we come to Game Pass as far as the announcement uh, on Series X and Xbox One. It's more than likely this will be a Game Pass Day One launch uh, if these rumors are to be believed. And I think they are. I think this is fairly really accurate. Uh, Game Pass obviously has over 18 million subscribers as of this year. Uh, you'll be able to get it for £10 if you want to play this game, or you want to play this. Uh, there is more news on Game Pass coming up in just a little bit. Sorry, Tony, you were going to say? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I'll move on. Uh, also in Back for Blood news, uh, or should say, we've said Back for Blood news, PlayStation Jim Ryan uh, wants players to know that he doesn't hate old games. Uh, this comes obviously from criticism that Sony's been known for not wanting backwards compatibility with PS4 and PS5. Uh, the CEO has discussed the notorious quote in which he dismissed older PlayStation titles. Uh, that was made in 2017. In an interview with Time, uh, Jim Ryan discussed seeing versions of Gran Turismo running side by side on from PS4 all the way back to PS1. And they said they looked ancient. Why would anybody play this? Uh, that was his statement at the time. According to the latest Axios Gaming newsletter, the PlayStation boss claimed that he had not made his point well. 
which was to emphasize how far the racing series had come since early days. Uh, do you think that they might change their tune at some point? PlayStation on backwards compatible games. <laughs> they changed the tune so. on online, but they didn't change the tune on backwards compatibility. Just a bit odd, considering more people wanted that from the start. Yeah. Do you, do you think they might well do in the future? I don't think they will. I don't think Sony really care. But, you know, they used to have... PlayStation 3 was, like, the ultimate console for backwards compatibility. I'm surprised they didn't continue with that. Like, Nintendo continued with the virtual console, but Sony didn't continue with the PS1 games. Like, if you bought PS1 games on the PS3, all they could have done was say, oh, just pay another 50 pence, 99 pence, and we can upgrade you to the PS4 version if they did a PS4 PlayStation 1 Classics thing. Yeah. I'm just surprised yeah. I haven't done that. They could still I mean, make money that way. If you if you look at the trend, uh, Sony's not known for backwards compatibility. They really the Vita is backwards compatible with the PSP. Yeah. Which I think that surprised everyone. Yeah, but I don't know if the handheld is something that Sony is planning for, uh, unless E3 has some announcements pending. Uh, Sony is strictly going to go behind the PS5 and I guess rumors of a revamped smaller ps5 which also probably won't have backwards compatibility uh, the only thing i remember is the ps3 actually had the chipset of the ps2 the original launch of the ps3 that yeah. made it very easy yeah to play the ps2 games and then it they took it off to bring the price of the console down and uh, then it had to be via software emulation and uh, ever since then it's just not been a priority from no, I, the, I mean, the PS2, PS3s, the reason I bought them over the Xbox was mm -hmm. because of the fact that they could play all the last games. So yeah. then I could go sell my original console, keep all my games and keep playing them, mm -hmm. plus new games. So I had like three generations of games on the PS3. But it's really exactly. disappointing to see where they've gone with the PS4 and PS5. The fact that they just don't care anymore. And I, I'm wondering why that is, to be honest. I mean, is it a money situation? Could it be the fact that... They want to stand out more from Xbox and all that. All that how's that standing up. out? What was that? How's that standing out, though? Like, well, because they're, really they're Xbox is more... I mean, last generation, look at the Xbox One of where they were going because they, all, they barely had any first-party games. Most of their games were backwards compatible. That was their thing. So yeah. Xbox was backwards compatible... So if PlayStation did the same thing, they would have looked like it, it would have got muddled. They wanted to stand out and being, no, we're not going to go fact backwards compatible. We're going to bring you new stuff. That was their but marketing still, strategy. But they could still bring new stuff with that old stuff. It's not that hard to yeah. put an emulator on your PlayStation, is it? No, it's not. But I think, I think maybe that might have been the decision because PS3 didn't sell out well compared to the Xbox 360. And it might have been they saw it as they were so focused on backwards compatible games, being able to play games for PS1, PS2 on the PS3, that that was their, that's what people viewed the PS3 as. It was the emulation console for the last two generations, which is why they, from what I'm gathering, from what I can tell, when they saw 360, 360 was absolutely smashed them in sales. When they bought out the PS4, Xbox One was now doing backwards compatible games. They were all about backwards compatibility with Game Pass and you could play games from like 360. 
that was Xbox's thing. That was their marketing strategy. It was like, you can play these new games because they didn't have any new games. Xbox had no new games. They were barely bringing out anything first party. So instead, they were relying more, as they were building up their library, to bring out backwards compatible games. PlayStation switched and said, where Xbox had been the last generation of doing first party games, now PlayStation was going to do that because Xbox had also switched their their focus. And I think that's carried on and they've more, moved more and more and more away from backwards compatible games and, and looking more at what the games are the, they have in their library. They're more focused on bringing out first party games and games what? that aren't on Xbox. Sony should do is re-release the PlayStation 3 as the PlayStation, I don't know, Ultra Portable or something, where it's a smaller PS3, it plays PS1, PS2, and PS3 games, and it's $69.99. Yeah. I think, personally, I don't think they'd ever go that route, though, because I think they got so turned off by last last gen. Because they tried to do it before with the PS3, and it didn't work out. With the super I think that's their problem. I think that's the thing that's holding them back. Is they're looking at the sales of the PS3 and gone, this is the console where we tried that. It didn't work. We're never going back to that again. I think that's... I mean, they could U-turn on it at some point. They did with it <laughs> with the Vita because I don't think they cared as much about their handheld as much as they did their, their console. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a slight... I mean, he did say big learning for, um, from all this is when... Kazunori Yamahuchi, I think that's his name, unveils the next Gran Turismo side-by-side with its history, then he'll keep his mouth shut. Uh, Sony has been criticised in the recent past for not actively supporting its backward compatibility catalogue of games. Uh, Obviously, PS5 only supports PS4 games natively, uh, with PS3, PS2 running via PS Now streaming service. Uh, Series X, Series S games uh, all run on Xbox, run on all previous Xbox console generations. Um, or run games from all previous Xbox game generations. Uh, Sony has also come under fire this year when it confirmed plans to shut the digital stores for PS3, PSP, and PS Vita, uh, essentially making hundreds of digital games impossible to find. Uh, they've now U-turned on the PS3 and PS Vita games. After a backlash from fans, Sony U-turned on the plans to close those stores, saying they made the wrong decision. The PSP store, though, will still close July 2nd. Uh, in the Axios interview, Jim Ryan reportedly pointed to PS5 game Astro Playroom, in which players collect classic PlayStation items as proof it supports the past. I don't think that's a proof of anything, do you? Uh, that's just... Uh, that's just uh, it's it's yeah. kind of a fob off. Yeah, no, maybe it's yeah. easy to put PS1 support in. That's going to be the easiest thing the PlayStation it's so, can do. It's, you can run that on a Windows 7 PC. Mm-hmm. It's not even about what operating system it is. It's not about what hardware is, isn't it? Yeah. If you could have yourself an RTX... 3080 on a Windows 7 
Far Cry Blood Dragon and Splinter Cell anime uh, shows coming to the platform. Ubisoft is working on four different shows, of course, with Netflix. Uh, the creative team for the Far Cry series is obviously still being assembled. They haven't finished that yet. Uh, Netflix announced during Summer Game Fest yesterday, uh, which would have been Friday for you guys. Uh, but second series based on Far Cry's 3's Blood Dragon DLC has been given a six-episode order. Uh, Captain Laserhawk uh, is a Blood Dragon remix. It's described as an original anime series featuring alter egos of Ubisoft characters in a highly referenced homage to the early 80s. Uh, it is a parody of 1980s action films, cartoons, and video games. Uh, released as a standalone expansion for 2018, 2013 Far Cry 3. Uh, Variety recently reported that Bobby Pills is the production studio behind the, behind the series, with Adi Shankar as the creator and executive producer, along with Helene Jugat, Hugo Revan, and Gerard Guillemot uh, producing. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I'm not a big fan of anime in general. Uh, my son watches anime, I don't. But I am looking forward to seeing where they go with this because I think this is this could be, you know, a very very good popular title. Uh, I, I was really I, happy I, with. Sorry, Callum, uh, uh, go ahead. Okay, so I really enjoyed uh, Far Cry Blood Dragon. I played it on the PlayStation Three back in the day, so it should yeah. actually be pretty good. I think everyone likes. I think that's everyone's favorite Far Cry game, to be honest. Even though it's a spin-off. I think everyone just loves Blood Dragon because it was so over the top, so crazy, and also felt like Far Cry. So it'll be nice to see it in anime form. It will be. I'm interested to see if they're going to stick to the original story of the DLC or if they're going to sort of create their own from the same series of characters and things. Of where What the script is going to look like. I'm interested to see what the script is going to be. Um, the adult animation is one of the most popular ways to pay tribute to the culture and community of gaming, said Juget, who is the manager director of Ubisoft Film and Television in Paris. Uh, the show's series will follow U.S. Navy SEAL Sam Fisher, who is recorded by the NSA to work for the mysterious third echelon division within, within the agency. Uh, the first Splint Cell anime series will have an eight-episode first season, and uh, from executive producer Derek Kolstad of John Wick, uh, he did work in the John Wick films. Uh, Sun Creature and Fost are the production studios. Um, Adi Shankar and Derek Colstead uh, has stated it is truly inspiring to partner with such creative talents to reimagine our world on Netflix. As previously announced, Netflix and Ubisoft have also signed a content partnership with the goal of creating an Assassin's Creed TV universe. Hopefully they do better than the film did because that film was awful. Anyway... Uh, moving on to more stuff coming out of yesterday. Uh, Microsoft exec has declined to comment on the status of Game Pass Nintendo Switch talks. Phil Spencer has stated he'd like to bring the service to Nintendo's platform. Uh, I don't think this might happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Nintendo are going to allow this to happen. Uh, they are way too proud to be allowing Xbox to start selling stuff on their console. Hmm... I guess they would be, but imagine how many more games developers would be wanting to port over to the Switch if this happened. Yeah, but the, I think Nintendo has the vision that they are up there. They've worked very, very hard for the last 10 years to get on the same plateau as Xbox and PlayStation are, and they have got there. They have Maybe. got to the point where they are seen in the same vein. But could you imagine, right, if you're a Nintendo executive... And Xbox approaches you and asks you them to put their streaming service 
on your console, you're kind of going to think to yourself, are they looking at us like we're lower tier, like we're not at the same level? I just, I just think um, this would have been a great move back when Nintendo had the Wii U. Hmm. Uh, because obviously they needed all the help they can get back then. And I actually think Game Pass would have actually worked then if that was a thing back then. Because yeah. Nintendo were lacking games on the Wii U. So if Microsoft were like, okay, we'll help developers bring games to you if you let us have our Game Pass on. Because with Game Pass there, developers are guaranteed a cut of that money anyways. Yeah. I mean, the Xbox and Nintendo have got a collaboration going. No one's going to deny that. Uh, they worked on Ori in 2019. Uh, they followed the sequel from last year, uh, as well as Cuphead. That was on Xbox and Nintendo as well. Uh, Nintendo also collaborated to bring Banjo, Kazooie, and Minecraft to Super Smash Brothers. However, uh, this came from Kotaku, uh, published last November. Head of Xbox Phil Spencer claimed the prospect of bringing Xbox games to Switch doesn't feel sustainable unless it was able to bring the full Xbox ecosystem, including mm. Game Pass, to the platform. Fair enough. I can go with that. Uh, I, I mean, I if I was Nintendo, I'd say no, personally, yeah. because I think it's kind of them trying to... They may look at it as, as Xbox is downplaying how big Nintendo are, and they are because Nintendo are still selling the number one games on the rankings year after yeah. month after month after month. They haven't yeah. failed on that. Do you reckon this is Microsoft way of trying to get Nintendo properties on the Microsoft console? I think it might be. I think they're trying to, they're trying to sort of latch on to Nintendo how successful they've been, because Nintendo. Sorry, my dog is whining constantly behind me. Uh, they're looking at how Nintendo has how successful they've been. They've obviously got some sort of partnership going, but they're not at the stage where they're going to be Xbox is going to start putting their games on Nintendo Switch. It isn't going to happen. They may deny it. I think the the connection the the question has been asked at some point but whether nintendo would actually do that is very very difficult to believe i mean nintendo plays their cards very close i mean i mean it's very rare for them to collaborate right and they're quite content doing what they are doing and like you said major they've they've worked hard to get where they are right now and uh, i mean if a collaboration is supposed to happen i'm just going to extrapolate and say we'll probably see it in the next gen. Not this gen, but the next gen, right? Yeah. Uh, a collaboration of we, some we'd sort. We'd have to see how, if Nintendo's popularity continues to rise. Yeah, after Especially the Switch with Pro. Least... Yeah. Yeah. Like this I mean, Switch Pro could be a flop for all we know. This Switch Pro. I don't Pro. think it will do. I don't, I don't think, think it will. But just think of it like this. Think of it like this. Phones are getting more and more powerful and stuff. And this is what everyone said even when the 3DS came out. We don't think the Vita or 3DS is going to do as well because of these smartphones and their ability to play games. But they're getting closer and closer. You've now got phones that actually have controllers and stuff. You've now got computer PCs that are getting cheaper in a, in a form factor and you're able to play them play all your Steam games in a Switch-like form factor. So this Switch Pro needs to do something special and be a good price at the same time to really capture the audience, I think. Rumors rumors uh, claim that it might actually be a $400 price tag. I don't know. So we'll know in a few days at the next Nintendo Direct. I think that's on Monday. That's on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Poland should be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. 
Let's I mean, see. The, I, I'd, I'd be interested to see uh, with, I mean, speaking of mobile games with controllers, ROG right now, Asus, are bringing out some unbelievable phones right now. Do you uh, think Major, we, we they may about, play? We talked about these phones on one podcast. I remember with the amount of money you spend on a phone, you could buy multiple PS5s and Xboxes. Remember, mm. this was the one by the ROGs, right? Yes, same same company. Do, mm. If they were to bring their price down, do you think ROG could kind of, on the same level, if they continue to bring out their phones in the same, like how how good these phones are, could they still compete? Could they compete with Switch? For for games for first party games, do you think they they would have that ability if they can if they bring their price down? Because obviously it's, some of these phones are like fifteen hundred to two thousand pounds. It's way overpriced. But if they were to bring their price down to the price of a console, do you think it's possible? In terms of experience, I, I feel it's very very possible. Uh, it it would actually be very easy for an ROG phone to replicate a uh, Breath of the Wild, if you will, because mm. the switch the switch hardware isn't really uh, ahead of any other consoles out there. And I'm pretty sure the ROG can handle handle what the Switch throws at it. So yes, it would be possible to emulate, for lack of better words, Switch experiences. But price tag is always the barrier to entry. Uh, speaking ahead of E3, uh, Microsoft held a private briefing for media and analysts this week. Uh, it emphasised its strategy to bring Xbox to as many devices as possible. Uh, this obviously is including just the Xbox cloud. Uh, they are now looking at bringing it to Fire Sticks, to TVs with internet connection. Uh, Microsoft is currently working with global TV manufacturers to embed the Xbox experience directly into internet interconnected televisions. It's said in addition to its building its own streaming services to bring cloud gaming to any TV or monitor without the need for a console, uh, which would be very surprising if they actually do that, because I think that might take away from the Series X quite a bit. Uh, cloud is key to their hardware and Game Pass roadmaps. Uh, they've said no one should think we're slowing down their core console engineering. In fact, they're accelerating it. Uh, they've said that we're working already hard on new hardware and platforms, some of which won't come to light for years, but even as we build for the future, we're focused on extending the Xbox experience to more devices today so we can reach more people. Uh, during the, obviously, the same presentation, Hammer said Xbox is exploring uh, introducing new Xbox Game Pass subscription plans to bring the service to a wider audience, including lower price points, which is nice. Uh, speaking of deals on that case then deals of the week with Callum Bruddy what you got for us the deals of the week the deals of the day they're all the same to me so <laughs> so so uh, we have The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD with the Steelbook plus the key ring is £40 at the game collection outlet on eBay for a new, what you do is you put shop for less in on eBay at checkout and you get £10 off. <gasps> Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, a new game that looks absolutely fantastic on the PlayStation 5. I want to play it. Doesn't everyone think? Yeah. Yeah. So bad. Well, you can for £55.99 with shop for less at Boss Deals via eBay. Woo. <laughs> There's a lot of eBay deals this week. <laughs> I know. Another eBay deal. Shin Megami Tensei 3, Doctorine HD Remaster is in stock, new and sealed, £27.99 at eBay with shop for less. Ooh. <laughs> uh, again, 
Again, eBay. Asus FX 516PM, 15.6-inch RTX 3060 gaming laptop with a quad-core i5 is £889. Woo, this will offer you performance, which is close to your next-gen consoles with double the price. Well, it's the price of what the inflated PS5 price is, so it's your bet, I guess. Have a computer or have a PlayStation. Um, the Nintendo Switch, again on eBay, Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Remaster from the Game Collection eBay outlet with Shop for Less is £15.96. And lastly, on eBay with Shop for Less, DC Superhero Girls, Team Power includes a notebook and stickers, is £32. <laughs> uh, I'll take that's all of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's all of it. Thanks. eBay is our sponsor for this week. <laughs> eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Uh, speaking of Summerfest, we spoke about earlier. Uh, the kickoff has now begun. It's just ended today. Uh, some of the biggest games that came out of Summer Game Fest this year. Elden Ring trailers. Uh, Death Stranding on the PS5. There's a Borderlands spin-off. And there's quite a few bits more. The show lasted about two hours of world premieres. Uh, the biggest reveal of the night was obviously from like Elden Ring, uh, which is going to be releasing on Compton PC in January next year. Gearbox also premieres Borderlands spin-offs Teeny, ti- uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which describes a high fantasy tale on the loot shooter formula. Uh, elsewhere, Hideo Kojima announced Death Stranding Director's Cut for PS5, and Sony have announced a new partnership from a group of former Black Ops devs. All the links are obviously online. Uh, Elden Ring will appear with, finally appear with a new trailer. Uh, there's also featuring online multiplayer for up to four players. And there's new screenshots. 2K obviously revealed the Borderlands spin-off. Uh, PlayStation has signed a fr- new franchise from the Call of Duty Black Ops veterans. Uh, Metal Slug Tactics turns SNK's run and gun into a turn-based strategy game. I'm looking forward to playing that, which is the classic Neo Geo title ty- has taken an interesting turn. Uh, also, in other news on that, uh, Coastal Media has announced a new premium label. We're going to get into all of this in just a second. There's a huge amount of news from there. Uh, some of the other games coming out as well. The Indie Press offers some compelling games this year. Over 20 games were announced at the Summer Game Fest kickoff show. Uh, Axiom Verge 2 uh, is coming as well as a musical story. There's a lot of indie games on this. Uh, behind the Frame, uh, Death Door from Devolver Digital and Acid Nerve. That looks really, really nice. Uh, Demolition Robots. Uh, there's Despolup, uh, which is more cartoony black and white. Uh, Elec Head, uh, which is a common title platformer. Garden Story, which is looking a lot like, a bit like Pokemon uh, mixed with Sandu Valley or Stardew Valley. Uh, Last Stop, which is a AAA title. Loot River, Moon Globe Bay, Phantom Abyss, uh, Road 96, Soup Pop, which is a cooking game. Uh, the Wandering Village from Strayform Studio looks really, really nice. Uh, Toem, uh, something from something we made, uh, is a road. It looks a little bit like a road lighter, black and white. There's so many games that have been announced. Walk by Kasumi Games, it looks like something I'm definitely going to be picking up. Uh, but speaking of Elden Ring, uh, it will feature online multiplayer for up to four players. This came from Bandai Namco uh, on Friday. Uh, it's revealed new details about the highly anticipated game from the software. Um, Elden Ring will feature, obviously, four players. We'll be able to have four players online. In a fact sheet dispute on Thursday following the debut of a new Elden Ring trailer uh, and the announcement of the t- January 2022 release, the developers' docs listed 
the support for online multiplayer. A press release stated the players would be able to traverse on foot, horseback, alone or online with friends across grassy plains, suffocating swamps and lush forests. Uh, CEO Yasuo Mayakawa uh, also have confirmed plans to develop Elden Ring outside of games, which is huge. This is also including also TV shows and movies. Uh, they will continue to develop Elden Ring not only as a game, but also the right of other areas in order to deliver the worldview and charm of this title to our fans around the world. Uh, the Thursday's Elden Ring review represents the first significant update on the game that was announced in June 2019. Uh, this is not the same trailer that was leaked uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, it is a fantasy action RPG described as From Software's largest game to date, uh, with taking place in a world in collaboration with George R.R. R. Martin, who's the creator of oh. Game of Thrones. Uh, is also tasked with creating Elden Ring's lore. So George R. R. Martin wrote the lore for this game. That is huge. Uh, with Elden Ring, they've also applied all dark fantasy and action RPG expertise, cultivate through Dark Souls series in order to build a bold and classical evolution in the genre. Uh, they've stated that he's built a rich world with staggering senses of scale based off legends written for the game by the Game of Thrones creator. Uh, Elden Ring is a world full of mystery and peril, ready to be explored and discovered. I really, really, really cannot wait for this game's release. I don't Someone's know about you guys. definitely passionate about it, aren't you? Mate, I absolutely <laughs> love George R. R. Martin's books. The Game oh, of Thrones too. series in particular. I think he's a phenomenal writer, and the fact that he's written stuff for this game is just unbelievable. I cannot wait. Uh, but also Elden Rings is stated from uh, goes beyond just video games to other media. Speaking of this, uh, they're looking to develop Elden Ring as a game in another variety of areas. Um, this obviously coming to PS4, PS5, and Xbox. Uh, elsewhere in the press release, uh, Hideo Mazizaki said the game's world is based off legends written for the game by George R. R. Martin. Uh, there's a definitely potential for expansion, possibly looking at a prequel to Game of Thrones. They may try and tie it into Game of Thrones. Seriously? Wow, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Did my yeah. tie Elden Ring into Game of Thrones? Yes, as a prequel. Okay, I wonder how that's going to work. Mm. Possibly. Anything uh, could happen in Game of Thrones, you know. You've yeah. got your sisters dating brothers. You've got <laughs> all this, this messed up shit in it. Yeah. So, that, yeah. that, that is a possible rumour. They haven't confirmed whether that actually be happening yet, but it will be very interesting to see if they try and do that. Consider it's the same writer. But this is the thing. How they will have to have the Starks in there, like the, the ancestors. To I the mean, it, it, they may not do. I mean, this is this is based elsewhere, and it's a whole new law. So it's technically a new world, but there may be tie-ins with Game of Thrones. You may see things in there, like um, bit of it, a few Easter eggs that will. Oh, I see what they're going to relate to Game of Thrones in some way. If they have this in some land, some some country or whatever, far far yeah, away. Far. Um, they could actually make a sequel to Game of Thrones with that, and they decide to take over <laughs> yeah. King's Landing. It'll be very, very interesting to see where they go uh, with this. But there was also another game that was announced uh, during Summer Game Fest, which was Jurassic World Evolution 2. Uh, the strategy sequel will release later in 2021. It will become to console and PC. Uh, the trailer for the strategy sequel premiered during the live kickoff on Thursday uh, with Jeff, at, with movie actor Jeff Goldblum. Uh, according to its developer, Jurassic World Evolution 2 builds upon the 2018 game of the new narrative campaign, voiced by original cast members, including Jeff Goldblum 
and Claire Deering, uh, plus four game modes and an enhanced expected expanded roster of dinosaurs. Uh, players will build their parks behind beyond the confines of the Moetis Archipelago with each new location bringing new terrain and challenges for players to contend with. Uh, I did play Jurassic World Evolution. Uh, I couldn't get into it so much uh, as as something on the play continuously. I think I don't think I've played it in quite a while now. But it is a very, very good strategy game. If you are interested in Jurassic World, hopefully they'll start tying in some more of the movie storylines into that. Um, because I do think there is a lot more that they could do with the game beyond what it currently is. I'm really looking forward for Elden Ring. I'm really looking forward to the rest of E3. Like, there's so many good announcements so far, it's got me speechless. Yeah, I mean, this is Summer Games Fest is UK-based. They've made some very big announcements already. E3 is going to have to do a lot to top some of these games. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they will, but with the, with the announcement of Elden Ring being the biggest, I think that was the thing that has really got people excited for E3. Uh, and I'm interested to see what Elden Ring, what they, what they bring out, because there's still a lot of stuff we don't know about the game yet. And what's, and what's your guys' opinion of Elden 3? Are you guys excited for it? Uh, I mean, from what little that I've seen, it looks nice, but I want to see proper gameplay footage. Uh, yeah. You know? Give us gameplay footage. Like, you can't judge them by something that we haven't seen. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. let's see. I mean, like, I mean you got to say, the, the, the cutscenes look great, right? I mean, they look gorgeous, yeah. but we need game. Right. They'll be on, like, some high-end PC. Yeah, mm. that's the other thing. <laughs> true, true, very true. Not console. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not. Developers usually do. <laughs> Definitely not coming on Switch from what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> now they just pre-render the whole game. <laughs> Make it mm. like one of the old Sega CD games where you just press a button. <laughs> and You're obsessed with Sega. Uh, but speaking of. Uh, Summer Game Fest. Uh, another big announcement that came out of that was from Coach Media, uh, who've announced this great a new premium label called Prime Matter, and is releasing 12 new games, including Payday 3 and a new Painkiller, uh, among the first premium Prime Matter titles that are going to be released. Uh, the label will be operated out of Coach's headquarters in Munich, and is a dynamic mix of seasoned industry veterans, uh, veterans, I should say, and enthusiastic fresh faces, creating an incredible team of diverse multicultural gaming experts, according to a statement. Uh, some of the games that come in, Payday 3 is coming in 2023. Uh, they are going to be on Unreal Engine 5 as well, which is very nice. Uh, King's Bounty, uh, In Case, Scars Above, and Project Echoes of the End are all going to be made on the console, all looking to be released at some point. The earliest games, King's Bounty, coming out in August. Uh, there's also a few other games that are coming out next year. Uh, there's a lot to go through on there, so I'm not going to go through all of them. Uh, but Prime Matter is a new home for premium games, offering both current and future parters, partners all the expertise of the Coach Media Group alongside a new and dynamic team. Uh, that's according to the Coach Media CEO, Clemens Kondorats. I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> uh, the core of the KPO Games Industry, of course, entertainment. And Prime Matt will be looking to focus, in, innovate, and inspire gamers across all activities while retaining the fundamental values of what it makes industry so special and fun. Uh, that is a very big announcement. Coach Media has now got a new studio working out of this office. I'm very excited for this. Coach Media is personally one of my favorite, one of my favorite publishers. 
Uh, I personally really liked uh, the Painkiller series because I thought it was back to the roots of... Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah we can okay. hear you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, suddenly it was... I guess you went on mute. <laughs> uh, I really liked the Painkiller series uh, basically because it was it went back to the roots. It was simple. The plot was silly. And uh, I don't know what they're going to do with this Painkiller. Uh, but I suppose every generation... A simple first-person shooter is very much needed, and Painkiller just might be that. Uh, well, Painkiller, speaking of which, is still coming in development. Uh, the news was yeah. obviously released previously, I think it was Thursday or Friday. Uh, okay, the new Painkiller... I'm going to go on mute, sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> uh, the new Painkiller will be developed and co-published by Sabre Interactive and will include a new co-op multiplayer mode. Uh, it will become to console and PC. No other further information has been announced at this time. Uh, the original Painkiller, though, was released in 2004 and was praised for its simplistic but chaotic action. Uh, and it went on PC version went on to fix fire, uh, five expansion packs. In 2012, Nordic Games published Painkiller Hell and Dalmatian uh, that came out on previous gen of 360 and ps3 uh, i'm looking forward to this game i think painkiller could be the game that really makes coach media stand out next year if they bring out what they're promising or what they what we're expecting they're going to be bringing out uh but speaking of that we're going into a quick break uh, we'll be back in just a sec thank you for listening to the Hooray. talking games podcast thank you very much for joining us more importantly free me Life mad gang, I earn a lot Living life on the block, had to earn a spot I dropped 
chopped in half for this farmer with a hundred shots Under armour, under armour to protect the spot Gang shit, all I know is selling rocks Girl, I'm about to be a gold girl On the road, is only cold weather I'm up to be no road together I just feel like I should know better I know nothing goes forever But when I go, I hope they all remember When I go, I hope they all remember I ain't never been no the last time I wrote something, it was Friday the 13th Jason. Two days have gone and I'm still doing wrong Don't wanna get rolled on Gotta watch who I business with Watch who I move with, creep with, sleep with Even gotta watch myself too The skillers out there gripping The kill man for nothing Shit ain't funny, no one's laughing We out here grafting, blasting Brothers with the text and the go text Dressed to kill, you know the deal I'm just gonna talk on some Cali and chill I saw on the corners, I make a meal Sitting on wheels, doing dodgy deals Eating four meals, all I know Any social skills and that's my life for real Go about to be a gold girl On the road is only cold weather I'm up just if we no road together I just feel like I should know better I know nothing goes forever But when I go I hope they all remember When I go I hope they all Remember, I ain't never been no pretender So I'm about to be a gold girl On the road is only cold weather I'm up just if we no road together I just feel like I should know better I know nothing goes forever But when I go I hope they all remember When I go I hope they all remember I ain't never been no pretender uh, welcome back to the Talkie Gays podcast. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. I'm still here with the two weirdest people I've ever met, Tony and Gallup. Hello. It's been some mad, it's been some oh, mad podcast this way. You two are off oh, on one. Uh, so oh, we were just North talking about you, Major. Everyone Behind talks about me, that's a problem. Right, so <laughs> Roblox is another company that's currently being sued for facing a $200 million lawsuit uh, for allegedly using music without authorization. I know this to be true. Um, my son plays Roblox continuously, and I've heard Justin Bieber songs on that game. Uh, what is your opinion of this lawsuit? Do you think this is justified? Uh, <laughs> they didn't use music without authorization. But then they again... <laughs> It says without authorization. Yeah, they didn't get permission from anybody. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So it's a bit fucked up what they've done. Pardon my friend. Yeah. But, you know, it's like if they put an Oasis song in there, they put Wonderwall, yeah. right? And if it was just like dancing to it in Roblox, would you be happy? No, you wouldn't. No. <laughs> oh, exactly. they have got Justin Bieber, they've got Ariana Grande, Dead Mouth oh, 5, or Dead they Mouth. They'd if they've got Justin Bieber sure. in there. If they were going to yeah. steal music, they could have stolen it from a better artist. Well, they have okay. they have got Ed Sheeran songs playing in Roblox as well. It's okay, not just uh, Justin Bieber, it's Dariana Grande, Dead Mouse. Uh, this came from the National Music Publishers Association, the MMPA, uh, is suing Roblox for alleged using music uh, from record labels without authorization or license. According to Variety, the NMPA is seeking a minimum of two hundred million dollars in damages uh, for writers and copyright holders who claim their songs are being used illegally in Roblox's massive popular online gaming platform and game creation system. The lawsuit relates to songs recorded by obviously Ariana Grande, Imagine Dragons, Rolling Stones, Justin Bieber, several others. Roblox reportedly has over 42 million daily active users and 200 
million monthly users. Uh, the current market capitalism of almost $52 billion. Uh, the CEO, David Azraelite, uh, announced a lawsuit against Roblox, which is seeking monetary damages for its unabashed exploitation in music without proper license. He claimed Roblox has earned hundreds of millions of dollars by requiring users to pay every time they upload music onto the platform, taking advantage of young people's lack of understanding about copyright. And then they take virtually no action to prevent repeat infringement or alert users to the risk they are taking. So it's not actually Roblox developers who have actually created this game. Users have uploaded it. And so then why they're is allowing Roblox... them. They, okay, yeah, okay, they're, right. they're taking money from from players on Roblox, kids on Roblox, to upload music to the platform, onto the game servers. So, yeah, so basically the people are, the kids are like, okay, you need, uh, listen kids, you need to pay us £10 and you can have this song on. Okay, now we're getting sued. Oh no. Okay, I, I know this is not the same model. Oh, Major's gone. Dog dog problems again. It's everyone just disappeared. This is now Christian. Yeah. <laughs> everyone disappeared podcast. Alright, she's climbing over the next door neighbor's fence. Let's go grab her. Anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, what I was saying was. Uh, Basically, we talked about Roblox uh, a few podcasts ago, right, Major? Yeah, it's quite and, a lot. I think that's episode one or two. Yeah, and and the thing is, uh, okay, I understand it's a it's a different model from say a game like Rockstar or Guitar Hero, where whatever songs yeah. they include are licensed beforehand and they've covered their bases. But Guitar Hero and Rockstar were more than a decade ago. So a company like Roblox should cover its bases and make sure these loopholes aren't there. That's number one. And number two, what I feel is, if you're allowing users to upload music, uh, either have a screening system or why not use that platform to promote indie artists, which is probably going to be a lot less cheaper in terms of uh, licensing and whatnot. I don't yeah. know, I'm just guessing. You know, why well, go Ro for... Roblox is actually charging people, though, to upload music. So they yeah, get so what do you to upload illegal. Yeah, that's uh, unbelievably stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. Um, but um, it's really, really stupid. The MPA has said they will, the suit will ensure songwriters are fully paid for their works and Roblox takes seriously its obligations to know to have made its service so popular and profitable. Uh, I'm, what, what I see happening is whenever a company is successful, it's like Game of Thrones. You will be targeted by a lawsuit of some sort. Somebody will go yeah. to paperwork and they're going to have a go at you. And this is what's happened. Roblox, we talked about this. They were doing really, really well. And now they've taken a hit because of something they should have checked on a development phase level. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Roblox are going to lose. There's no question yeah. about it. Easily, lose. No question. No question. Yeah. Um, but finally, the last bit of story this week. Phil Spencer has criticised PlayStation's PC strategy uh, for being late and charging twice. twice. Uh, the, yes, they charge twice. Uh, shipping games on console, PC and cloud simultaneously. Uh, is the X that's come from Xbox said that's the Xbox is the only console that's done that. Uh, Phil Spencer has obviously criticised. This is a rare thing for Phil Spencer to have a dig at PlayStation for. Uh, but speaking during a briefing for media analysts this week, uh, the exec criticised others who bring games console to PC, stating they were releasing PC versions years later and charging players a second time for the game. Uh, for several years, obviously, Microsoft has released its titles simultaneously on both consoles at the same time. And in comparison, Sony released its first PS port 
Horizon Zero Dawn last year, which is three years after the PS4 debut. Uh, the company has said it will prioritise games for its consoles first uh, before PC going forwards. Uh, they stated right now we're the only platform shipping games on console, PC and cloud, which came from Spencer via the video presentation. Others bring console games to PCs years later, not only we're making people buy their hardware up front, but then charge them a second time to play it on PC. Of course, all our games are on subscription service day one. Uh, Spencer added uh, they have a huge growth opportunity on PC. Uh, they've expanded simultaneously ship games at the same time, whereas PlayStation are looking to do it years after the fact. Uh, without putting any real effort in and charging people twice. Uh, they've stated with cloud gaming, we now have the ability to bring these great AAA quality games to the hundreds of millions of people uh, of below-spec Windows PCs that to date haven't been able to play the hit games that everybody sees. PlayStation has recently stated its commitment to increasing its output on PC. Corporate event, which happened last summer in 2020, uh, Sony said it would explore bringing more PlayStation games to PC. Uh, following the success of Horizon Zero Dawn's release on the platform. Uh, your guys' thoughts on hmm. PlayStation's current business model for PC? To be fair, they are late, and they're only doing this just to try and get more money to try and prove that these IPs... Have, because if you notice, they've put on IPs which haven't actually sold that well. Apart from Horizon Zero Dawn, that did sell well. But all the other IPs that they've put on PC are the ones that don't actually sell well. So they're not going to. I know they're putting Uncharted 4 on soon, but it's a bit late to be putting that on, I think. Everyone's played the game, everyone's seen the game, and everyone knows what's going to happen in the game. It's It's not like you're buying a new game for full price, is it? You're buying an old game for full price. It's like the Nintendo tax. Yeah. If you were to buy a brand new version of Horizon 1 now, you'd get it for $20, right? So Less than that. Exactly. You'd get like £10. There, there, there you go, right? So so why charge 60 or whatever for it on the PC? I, I get where they're coming from, but then, like, like Callum, I started thinking about, okay, the Nintendo tax. And first-party Nintendo titles, <laughs> at best, they'll go down to $55 from 60 You know, they never <laughs> reduce the prices of their first-party titles. It's very rare. Uh, but when so, a game does get released on a Nintendo platform, it's full price. Yep, Even if yep. it's a remaster, while on PlayStation 4 or something, it'll be something like £20 at that point, while Nintendo's still 40 Yeah. Yeah. So you're only paying to have the portableness, which I don't think is worth £20 more. It's not. It's not. Um, the platform studios head herman house said the platform holder was still in early pro- early priority in the planning for pc uh, as playstation consoles will always be the priority for new releases uh, they stated that horizon zero dawn has been very successful and it shows there's an appetite for gamers outside the playstation ecosystem to experience the amazing portfolios of games that playstation has to offer uh, we want to emphasize that playstation will remain the best place to play games but we do value pc gamers and we'll continue to look at the right times to launch its game uh, ben studio just released a pc version days gone uh, may 18th so that's two years after ps4 release do you think this is a good idea to continuously do this do you think this is going to cause playstation pc games to fail in the long run Mm. I think Sony will still be successful with their games on it. 
even yeah. if they decide just to use the whole PlayStation Now model. Yeah. But I, I will say, well, I will say this though. Uh, I have at least like four hardcore PC master race self-proclaimed friends of mine who swear by the master race. And uh, they've been getting both Horizon as well as... Uh, the, Days Gone. Uh, Days Gone and the other one, the Guemo de Toro, Death Stranding. Uh, yeah. On Steam and uh, another platform I can't recall, uh, Epic. Uh, so a combination, one of these two platforms, and they get it for dirt cheap, you know, because you have these coupons, you have these monthly sales, and they get it for like $13. So none of my friends have bought Horizon Zero Dawn for that price. If you're buying digital, uh, one of the reasons why this game might be selling so well despite being three years old, three or four years old, is probably because on the digital marketplace, it's uh, being sold at a solid discount as opposed to a brick and mortar physical copy. So this I can vouch for. <clears throat> what is the price on Steam at the moment for it? I don't know. You guys should check. Uh... Well, we could have another deal of the week. Ooh. Well, there you go. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know my friends. Thing. I'll let you keep with that. I'll let you. That. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. No, no, go ahead. You're go being ahead. silenced. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to Poland already. Right, so yeah, right now though, Horizon Zero Dawn is £40 for the complete edition, which is way more than. Yeah. And then Days Gone, which is £39.99, it's not a Game of the Year edition. (laughs) And then, oh, what's the other one? What's the other one you said? Days Gone, Death Stranding, and. Ah, Death Stranding. Okay, Death Stranding is the cheapest out of the lot at twenty seven forty nine, but that's because it's fifty percent off right now. Mm-hmm. It was fifty four ninety nine usually. That's really yeah. high. That yeah. is terrible. Uh, um, if uh, if if you've got a PlayStation and PC though, don't do that. Go buy the game right now from CEX for like a tenner. Yeah, but we need to support these developers at the same time. Like, for I'm, example, Days I'm not gone. supporting PlayStation when they make stupid decisions like this. That's unbelievable. I know, but Days Gone, no. That's the only one that I will go and say kind of needs people to buy it, but then yeah. no one will. Or there won't be a sequel at all. Wait, so there's a topic to discuss here. I mean, uh, Major said it so himself. Why do you think Sony made, made a stupid decision like this? And, you know, what were they thinking? Major, do you want to? I, I think personally they're looking at what Xbox is doing and they're trying to compete. I think that's mm. the only possible explanation. But of course they haven't got games coming out right now to be able to do the same thing that Microsoft is doing. So they're bringing out these biggest games that sold really well on console and trying yeah. to do the same for PC. It's just a money grab. There's do you no, think it's dictated? No plan or anything with it. Do you think it's dictated by the pandemic uh, and jobs and the market, etc.? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think there's, I think there's, there's issues. The fact that the studios have been closed for so long, that people are working remotely, that they're not bringing out as many games as they wanted. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to recoup losses in some way, and all they can think of is Xbox is now doing X Cloud, and they're bringing out these games on PC. We need to do the same thing. Have we got any games? No. Right, bring out post popular games that sold really well on console. Put them on PC because people will love them. And yeah. charge them full price. I think that's it's just a one big money grab. If you look at games now that are on Steam or Epic Games, they're not charged at 40 quid. 
some of these games, most games are charged at around £20 price mark, which is fairly mm-hmm. reasonable. But if okay. you then try, you're buying a PlayStation game on PC, why are you buying it on PlayStation? You could pick up a PS4 right now for around £120, £130, or about, what is it, about $150, roughly. Yeah. Go buy. Go to a second-hand store. You can find these games for about 10, 15 quid. You don't need to buy them for forty pound on PC. It is an unbelievable ripoff. Well, if you go into the CD keys, it's it's twenty eight pound forty nine for Days Gone. So still That's expensive. PC version, though, isn't it? Is that, that is PC, a PC version? version. Yeah. Yeah. Still, still expensive, yeah. but it's not still very as expensive. bad. If if no. you really want the PC version, just buy it from these key resellers. So, <sighs> anyway, uh, question of this week: uh, the best Bond villain. Uh, this is a question I was having with my wife the other day because we were watching James Bond films. We couldn't decide who we liked more. Um, I'm a big fan of Odd Job, but when I see Odd Job now, I think of that Austin Powers movie. What was the guy's name in Austin Powers? Remember, he throws a shoe instead of his hat. No, not who throws the shoe? Honestly, that is personally one of my favourite, but who is your guy's favourite Bond villain? I think it's that cat that was featured in the film one time on the lap. He is the true villain. Uh, that's, that's a weird thing to say. Right. It's <laughs> Callum, what, ex- what do you expect? <laughs> yes, okay. it's, it's been very weird today. Um, we're going to go and list some of these Bond villains because there are quite a few, but there are... Yeah, Mine's mine's, um, uh, so, mine's mine's going to be boring. It's Blofeld. You probably know uh, him. He's coming. Well, he, he's, he was in quite a lot of films up until eight, recently. Eight of them. He was always he was eight always then, referenced. He's in the background. He's referenced, and he's played by different actors. So for he's the name yeah. that comes to mind. He's like his arch nemesis. So. <laughs> he is, and I think Blofeld is personally one of my one of the best. Yeah. But I've always always liked Odd Job. I don't know why. But anyway, <laughs> what about you, Callum? What about me? If I'm being actually serious, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like uh, Hugo Drax. That is a very good one. Uh, what What do you guys think though about uh, Milton Crest? Milton Crest. It was in the Hildenbrand variety, which is a short story. He's one of the Bond villains that is never ever mentioned in the films, but he does play a significant role in the books. Uh, there's also guys like, um, uh, what's his name, Trigger, who was the KJB. There was another short story version of, of that Bond villain. Uh, there's a lot of them that aren't mentioned. I don't know whether you guys know any of the short story villains. I haven't. I haven't come across them. But my question no, to you really. is, my question to you, Major, is why are we saying villain and not villainess? <laughs> we're, we're going politically correct. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go Zinio on the top. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's loads there's loads of them, but personally, so I'm gonna say odd job. What about you? You said Blofeld. Blofeld. Blofeld is the guy who I think he was the iconic guy who had the white cat, right? If I'm not mistaken. Mm. He's he's in so many films though. If he's referenced constantly in the books, he's always the main bad guy. But they sort of cut him out in recent films, and I'm not happy about that. He's like the Moriarty to Sherlock, pretty much. Yeah. And he, he hasn't been used in Bond films in a long time. I think it was the last one with Daniel Spectre. Craig. Spectre, yeah, Spectre. That, that movie was crap. Yeah. I'm sorry. But it was it really was. bad. It was a really bad... And it wasn't the Blowfield. Like, the, the 
the way we're used to seeing it like it didn't it didn't mirror the original books it didn't mirror the other movies it's it's like somebody took us like we're gonna rewrite this whole character it didn't feel put me personally it didn't feel like blowfield mm-hmm. don't you remember or i remember anyway but let you guys know i want to know who, who you think is the best bomb villain uh, but that will do it thank you very much for listening to episode 18 of the talking games podcast formerly the icu gaming podcast we're no longer icu gamer uh don't forget to follow us on twitter at games inquirer facebook and instagram at games inquirer uh website hopefully will be up within the next week i've still got a huge amount of work to do on that because i do need to try and code it somehow um if you guys can help me at some point trying to get this website done it'll be great uh also don't forget you can send us uh, images if you send us what well, person Okay, we'll start that again. Uh, if you could send us a logo for Games <laughs> Inquirer, uh, the winner... <laughs> shut up. Uh, the, win- <laughs> the winner will be added to the Super IQ game that we're currently making, Buzzsaw Games Limited. Uh, if you have any questions whatsoever, you can email us, gamesinquire at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. Uh, from me, the Major, from you guys, thank you very much. From okay. the Callum. Okay. From Callum, who's off I'm to Poland. The Tony. Take from care, the... be safe. <laughs> <laughs> then that, that crap award show, the Tonys. The Tonys. <laughs> it sounds like some, some uh, Italian mafia, doesn't it? The Tonys. The Tonys. It's like an uh, underworld uh, on uh, exposition. Are you guys going to be sticking around for a bit? Because we know what you're like, Tony. You like to disappear at the last minute. Oh, That's yeah. Me and Tony are going to have some alone time. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it on. Uh, all right. We'll see you next week. Yeah, I'm going to finish this now. Episode 19, same time, same place. Thank you very much, guys. Take care. Yeah, take care. I take. <laughs>